Hi, my name's Shelley Flett. Welcome to the Dynamic Leader Podcast, where I share insights, experiences, successes, and failures with leaders from across a broad range of industries and business structures. I maintain that each of us needs to be open to sharing our experiences and making the leadership playground safe enough to fail, to grow, to have fun, and ultimately become more dynamic. So please sit back and enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another Dynamic Leader Conversation. Over the past two years, it's uh, quite okay, I guess, to appreciate that leaders have really struggled to find the balance in their lives. With the disruption of COVID, uh, they've really struggled to find um, space for themselves and, and definitely switching off has been an issue that they've dealt with and so not only were they looking after themselves but they're also looking after their people the roles the processes the systems the the technology the constant change uh, and what I noticed was a lot of leaders really did hit burnout during this um, time and others uh, really teetered up against the edge of burnout um, and I know that a lot of them sort of had a break over the Christmas period and came back feeling just as exhausted as what they had when they left and so what I've seen is you know because of this a lot of them have made a decision to press pause on their career and find a life that's a little bit slower in pace but a lot more aligned with um, what they see as being a healthy lifestyle and um, it, it's an interesting dynamic that it's created. There's a lot of leadership roles that are open at the moment and they're very hard to fill. Uh, and so my conversation today is really about exploring balance and what it means in the leadership space. Um, and so today's guest talks about how he made the transition, which he did well before the pandemic. So it might be fair to say that um, the COVID-related challenges didn't necessarily create the Um, shift in people's priorities but simply accelerated the inevitable. Um, So today's conversation is with Kevin Horder who is a proud budgery Guamu man who currently resides in Gunai Kurnai country. Uh, He's worked through a number of fields starting off as a stonemason, working through not-for-profits, Commonwealth health agencies. He's dabbled in a bit of consulting work from Um, for remote community governance uh, while also working in leadership roles in Aboriginal cooperative. Currently, he is um, working in conservation and emergency fire response after giving up a high-paying senior manager role to simplify his life and spend more time with his wonderful family. Definitely something we're going to be talking about today. Thanks so much for joining us, Kevin. Yeah, no, certainly. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's been a bit of a roller coaster, so looking forward to actually... uh, talking about it and putting it all out there yeah so when did you make the transition yeah it was actually after the pandemic started so uh i i did get six months of uh chaos and uh, i guess a lot of uncertainty and anxiety too so um it was an interesting field to be in given that um you know our community and the people that we we served were, were at the forefront but uh, we just didn't know what we we're faced with, so it's uh, it was an interesting landscape. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your leadership journey. You know, where where did it begin? Um, you know, what's made the biggest difference for you? Yeah, uh, I guess one of the the biggest talking points is uh, when I grew up. I, I grew up with uh, strong women, so I come from a proud background, uh, and it's a very matriarchal. Uh, hierarchy so whenever our our ladies um, particularly uh, I was young too so whenever our ladies said 
go get something done well we made sure it happened and um yeah i had four mothers i've given the kinships a, a little bit different uh i've one b- beautiful biological mother uh but i have uh three um wonderful women that i call mothers and uh, i still keep in touch with them now and uh i guess in the sense of leadership uh they're the first ones to to start pointing out um you know what i need to do and uh also to keep me grounded too so um i guess from a, a personal point of view my, my family um you know is where my leadership started and then uh, i get a, a cycle of events that happened all after that helped um i guess establish where i'm at now so yeah i can't pinpoint anyone um but i'm certainly happy to talk to some of those other sort of events um yeah if you want me to yeah absolutely i'd love to hear about i i think that you know um great leaders really do have a myriad of moments where you know that things are defined for them what are some of those that pop up for you yeah, look, uh, the ones I think that have helped define um, my leadership journey and I guess who I am as a person too uh, are the ones where I, I didn't get it right, um, you know, and at the time uh, I would have loved to have said I was, you know, uh, humble in the process uh, of learning, okay, that I didn't get it right. I, I probably wasn't, um, you know, and they're the ones I guess that have really sticked with me and Unfortunately, you know, when you, you don't get it right with particular people, uh, you know, it does have ripple effects. And, you know, sometimes when you sit back and uh, you reflect on, you know, okay, what was it? Um, you know, what could have I have done? You, you've sat down and realised like, shit, okay. Yeah, all right, there's a whole lot probably more that I could do. And you know what? Uh, the best thing I find is that you make sure it doesn't happen again. You know, you make sure you're exploring new ways of operating and, um, one in particular was a, a working relationship that I had uh, when I was working for the Commonwealth. Um, you know, it was a really interesting space at the time. It's, uh, we're working in an Aboriginal health field. Um, I was the Aboriginal person advocating. Uh, I was having a crack. I was making sure that my voice was heard, uh, working with um, somebody that was a non-Aboriginal person. And, um, you know, what? I, I probably overstepped and I didn't allow her voice to come through and, um, you know, it's a tough one to sort of, I guess, really talk about, but in the same instance, uh, it, it's one that sort of really sat with me because, um, the conversations that we had outside the room, you know, she had so much to say. And, um, uh, I guess, uh, the vulnerability of actually saying, you know what, I, I didn't get it right. Uh, and actually acknowledging it, whether it was a, you know, a terrible scenario or, a, or an average one or whatever it was, um, I think it's very important. And, over the years, you know, sort of having a look at it, now the focus is it uh, doesn't matter what hierarchy role I play, it's always, look, how can we include more voices? Um, mm, do, you think, mm. um, do you think being able to kind of put your hand up and say, I got that wrong, I, I didn't, that kind of didn't go the way that I wanted it to and I didn't let your voice be heard, um, do you think that, takes the pressure off a little bit because when I when I think about burnout and I think about those that have that have hit burnout I think a lot of what they hold on to is trying to get things right and, and um, maybe not being humble or vulnerable in those kind of situations um, yeah I don't know what are your thoughts uh, 
Yeah, I, I guess, um, you know, in that instance, uh, I guess as a society, we take a lot of things personally. Uh, and I think um, being able to actually sit back and sort of reflect on, you know what, um, what is it that I, you know, can do next? What is it that I can, rather than sort of focus on, I guess, the event, hold on to that, you go home, you know, you have a glass of wine or a beer and you're like, you know, shit, I, I just don't get why that happened. It's, um, you know, starting to, I guess, change that focus and the mindset in, you know what, how can I actually improve here? Um, you know, and start to work, in, like work towards you, the next part where, um, you know, try not to take it personally. And look, that's a lot easier said than done. And I know it is. Um, but try to look at, okay, rather than hold that, all right, what am I going to go into the future with? You know, how can that make me um, a better leader, a, a better negotiator, a better, you know, people person, a better supporter, um, you know, is definitely going to make uh, a, a bigger difference in the instance of um, that burnout that you're talking about. Because we've got so much shit having like on and everyone knows it, um, you know, and it it's, doesn't just come via one avenue. It comes from every single avenue, you know, that we're faced with. Um, you know, trying to actually work towards changing the mindset in the instance of, you know, how can I improve? Not so much how can I keep taking on more because we know, you know, we, we are probably running thin anyway. And when you're working towards burnout, you know that you're, you're trying to do too much. And, 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 uh, and, maybe, and maybe too much on your own as well. Like when I think about, mm. you know, having those conversations and, um, defending or protecting or um, dismissing the part that you play in things is quite isolating and it's like you're running your own race which again you know really um, compounds the effect of burnout whereas when you're when you can reflect and take on the mindset of what is it that I can do differently and then share that with other people you kind of let others in and it's through the community and the collective that we that we get through it. No, absolutely. Um, and I guess, you know, people have choice to what they do. They, they have the choice to be able to um, build the people around them or, or they have the choice to be able to hold on to the knowledge and skills and try and take, take on as much as they can to prove, you know, who or what they are or their leadership or whatever they're trying to do. And, um you know, some of the greatest leaders aren't the ones that are sitting in a, you know, a, a managerial hierarchy within a, you know, a corporate area. Um, they're the ones that, you know, just go to the, say, the local footy or the netball and, you know, they go and hang out with the local kids and they'll go spend a little bit of time kicking the footy or throwing the netball or throwing a basketball and, and just sharing what they do, you know, for the better of the person they're actually associating with. And, you know, it doesn't have to be super complex in the instance of how much you're taking on and, you know, what that stress level is compared to the outcome. It's just about making sure that, you know, you're doing the best for you in the sense of your leadership, which is easier said than done. And also, you know, bringing others for the journey because the more people that you have as a support network that can do them little jobs that you're trying to do, you know, the easier it's going to be for you in the long run and the better it's going to be for them. Mm. You know, great leadership is working with people to be better than you at the end of the day, you know, and, and that's the beauty of being able to share that little workload, you know, giving yeah. that little nugget. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so on the note of, you know, 
leadership um what is your leadership superpower would you say you're very calming you're even just talking to you i'm feeling really calm and and open (laughs) so Ah. i think that's one whether you know it or not uh look that wasn't where i was going but um this is an interesting one because i actually in my workplace i decided to um ask everyone around me what they thought and uh it, it was quite interesting to see that they were, it was all very um, personal. So, you know, my leadership is I'm going to make sure that this gets done or, you know, like very descriptive in the sense of what they were doing. But I think my leadership um, superpower would be that, you know, if there's an opportunity for somebody else to actually uh, learn uh, or, or share, you know, skill or knowledge, well, I'll happily give up my position uh, to allow them to do that. So, um, you know, and I guess that's a reason why I've come from, uh, you know, managing uh, sort of, a, you know, teams or, or having a look at a, you know, from an executive perspective, like strategic view on teams and, uh, you know, work and that sort of stuff within that area. And to now, you know what, um, leading from the ground in the instance of sharing opportunities for others, you know, making sure that my knowledge and that the skill sets that I have are actually supporting other people to go through um, you know, all these wonderful careers that they, they're really passionate about because passion really drives um, people and, you know, seeing that but then seeing people not get an opportunity, um, you know, that's disheartening, um, you know, for them and myself too. And I think that's where my superpower comes in. If somebody else can take an opportunity to, to grow and develop beyond me, well, I'll happily give it up. I love that. There's so much uh, humility in that and it's... Um thinking about the it's thinking about a greater purpose you know you you can give someone the opportunity to um do better than you then you know that's I guess how we make the world a better place eventually yeah absolutely absolutely and do you know what it's um you know you don't need acknowledgement around doing it either you know the person might not even know that you've pulled out and that's okay and Seeing somebody come back beaming, it's a, you know, it warms a heart, which is, which is pretty important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on the topic of, um, you know, supporting people, I think a lot of leaders and particularly over the last couple of years is I think a lot of leaders took way too much responsibility around the, um, around how their people were working, around what was going on for them, around the pressure. And that's not to say that it's not important to, Um, care for your people and to take some responsibility Uh, but I what I saw of leaders was that they were taking way more responsibility than what they probably needed to Um, how do you you know in your opinion how do we get through busy periods or you know there's so much going on the workplace is busier than ever how do we support our people without it being all-consuming yeah. Okay. That's a that's a pretty big question. Uh, look, uh, and I guess it's uh, trust comes a long way. It's you know, um, and I guess we're looking at it from an organisation's perspective here. And um, you know, I think it's very important to acknowledge the the wonderful work that they have done in the time. And given the chaos and that too, you know, there are some incredible leaders there that have gone above and beyond. Uh, probably put sleep aside to to make sure that they're doing the best for the company and you know, best for the people they're supporting too. But um, you know, it's chaos. At the end of the day, it is chaos. And 
you generally have a look at the people around you are the ones that you trust to be able to, to you know, pick up that little bit of load if they need to, or uh, I think most importantly, be honest when there's too much. Uh, mm-hmm. And look, we have that within our workplace too, where um, we have yes people. They're wonderful to have around. I, I do love having yes people, um, but they're the first ones to go, you know what, shit, I'm, no, I'm, I'm too far in here. Um, you know, and I guess identifying, you know, how people uh, operate in the sense of uh, stress and load and that sort of stuff and being able to just manage that, I guess, from that instance. But, you know, the leaders, uh, I guess, hold extra responsibility because they're probably looking at maybe their company. Um, you know, they're looking at the direction of the company. They're having a look at uh, the current, you know, sort of way it's operating. And, you know, they're always probably going to be that little bit extra. But in the instance of sharing it, it's, you know, be honest and transparent with the people that are around. Um, you know, when you're stressed, just let people know, look, there's lots going on. Um, these are the sort of small things. We know we can't talk about everything, but, you know, these are the small things that, look, I'm just wondering if maybe somebody can maybe pick up, you know, to help out or, you know, if it's going to burn you to let me know, we'll, we'll have a chat to somebody else. But um, mm-hmm. I, I think being transparent and honest um, from every level within business, I think is going to be a best step forward in trying to actually manage them, them chaotic workloads, you know, during a already nuts period. So, Mm. um, you know, if you have that communication to and from and that relationship, you know, Mm. it's going to make it a lot easier, I think, from every angle. And um, it comes back to also, you know, sometimes you, you don't get it right. You try and take on that little bit extra um, but just acknowledging sometimes that, okay, look, didn't happen, but look, what we need to do is focus on maybe this. Mm. Um, honest and transparency, trust, you know, the, the three big ones. Without mm. them, you know, you then got to start having a look at what is actually your relationship, you know. Is it purely just I want to throw every little bit of work at it or, you know what, I'm actually going to sit down and listen to this person. Look, how is like, how are you? How's mm. your day been, you know? Yeah. And, you know, on a communication front, it's about that regular, it's about regular communication as well and not, you know, um, waiting in things until things get to a point where it's really hard to um, salvage unless you do put in that extra effort. Um, And so, you know, having those conversations regularly is really important, but that we don't necessarily need to, I guess what I see is leaders assuming a responsibility without having been made aware of a problem, without the problem actually existing. So sometimes a leader will be, you know, I want to take work off you because I know that you're under pressure without actually asking the question, are you under pressure? Because Hmm. some people thrive on the the workload I'm one of those people it's like the more you give me the faster I'll go and the more energized I am whereas you know and so there's those instances where leaders are assuming that someone is taking on too much and and then they are over responsible in that respect so how do you get around that with communication and and honesty and, and transparency it was actually said to me today, it's communication is one of the easiest things we do as people. Uh, it's the first thing that we stuff up. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what, uh, what environment we're in, whether in a sporting environment, work environment, social environment. Uh, look, we're not great at it. 
we know what to do and what to say and how to engage, um, but we're, we're not great at it. And um, you notice the people that, that really are, um, you know what, that, it doesn't take much. The first thing in the morning is, look, how are you? You know, ask people how they are. Allow, you know, a bit of time to actually listen to response. Not how are you? Look, got to go. You know, look, how have you been? Look, did you sleep okay? You know, like just small things. Look, how's that workload going? Yep, okay. It's not too bad. Oh, that sounds good. You know, oh, actually, shit, it's, it's starting to get a little bit on top of you. Mm. Look, what do you need from me? Do you need me to help out or would you like me to, to show you what needs to happen, you know, to help you out or, or what do you need? You know, just simple open-ended questions at the end of the day. Uh, it doesn't take much. Uh, the thing, I guess, it's really restricting a lot of it and you, you talk about, you know, that workload where you go, 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 go. You know, the more is there, you go, the faster you go. But, you know, uh, do you then become a little bit time poor in the instance of, you know, taking time out to ask questions or taking time out to really actually get to know what the problems are. And I've listened to a few other podcasts and, you know, they've said the, said the same thing. It's sometimes, you know, what questions being asked might not be the right one. Sometimes the, the answer that is actually being said, you know, we know is not what they mean or, you know, not that how they're actually feeling. They're just trying to tell you that because, you know, you're the boss and off you go, you know. It, Making sure that we're actually investing time and effort into that communication, I think, is very important. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and I think the one thing that is really difficult to be able to do that is this platform. Yeah. You know, we have Zoom, Skype, Teams. Um, you know, it doesn't feel as personable as actually sort of sitting down and you know grabbing a coffee and just actually talking to someone. Uh, I haven't quite got there in the instance of being able to use it and being able to connect. You know, through it. In saying that, I get to go out, you know, I get to spend time on country. I get to actually see people and talk to people. So I'm very lucky in that regard. So mm. I guess that's what I'm really holding on to as opposed to this, uh, you know, online communication platform. Yeah, that is true. Um, and I think that a lot of people are grateful for the opportunity to be able to get out and do that again. Uh, I also see that the, um, you know, online environment has created a lot of uh, efficiencies, <laughs> but we've Absolutely. got to make sure, you know, that we don't um, that we don't disconnect from people, and that when we're when we're having conversations with them, that we're being really present in that because it can be easy, particularly online, to be distracted by the multiple different things that are going on around us, and so. Um, yeah, when when we're when we ask the question that when we're listening to what is being said as well as what's not being said, which is kind of what you were alluding to, um, and that yeah, we can help that on on the topic of time management though. How how do you so maybe not so much in your your current role, but in your past roles before you made the the decision to kind of change pace in your life. Um, how, how did you manage your time and your priorities at that time? And, and even if it wasn't done well, what are the lessons that you've, you can take from that? Yeah, uh, look, uh, I was a real shocker, to be honest, Shell. It's, um, if it wasn't in my calendar, it didn't exist. Um, and, uh, you know, when you have so many things going on, um, that was literally what I looked for. I had uh, wonderful people around me to, to let me know what was happening. 
um, to let me know what was coming up, to make sure that I had invites there. My calendar was all busy and full. Um, but, you know, I guess that was also my downfall too. So there was lots of conversations I was having. Uh, I said, yep, look, okay, four o'clock, sounds good. Let's go. Let's, let's get it done. Uh, and, you know, I was forgetting about it because I wasn't going and putting it in. So uh, in the instance of time management, well, now um, I guess is a lot different. Um, you know, as you sort of mentioned previously, it was all calendar-based. So everything had a time slot. You know, basically the person was there. Okay, I knew the person had five minutes, um, you know, which is actually really poor that I'm giving somebody a very specific amount of time because I had to go on to the next thing after. Yes. Um, you know, would I say that's good people management? Probably not. And that's, um, I guess, when I'm having a look at uh, time management, I, I'm, I'm having a look at those priorities. It's, uh, I always have a look at people over process. And I'm a big believer in making sure that people are actually given time. Um, and I, when I wasn't quite getting that right, um, you know, I was able to sit back and go, okay, look, uh, look, I've got an open door policy and, um, you know, people were actually coming in, they were, they were sharing information. I was then finding out more what was happening with the business. Uh, I, I found out more with a couple of uh, sort of structures below me then suddenly the team dynamics were starting to show a little bit more. So then I was starting to actually get a bit more of a plan. Uh, my assistant at the time was pissed off with me that I had an open door policy because uh, very, uh, very technically minded. So everything had to be allocated to something. So um, that was a, an interesting one. But look, it worked better for me because I prefer to allocate time um, to listen to people, to make sure that they were heard as opposed to, um, you know, bang in, bang out and still getting all this other business stuff. I didn't mind working an extra hour or two at the end of the day, you know, get home, sit at a computer, grab a glass of wine or, you know, a nice rum on the rocks and just sit there and plod through and just do what I missed, you know, in that, that time that people gave me. Um, I think for the time management and the prioritising, uh, sometimes prioritising was out of my hands. Uh, I was told, obviously, what I need to get out in the what sort of time frame. But for me, prioritising was always people above process. And that's a, a word that I'll always use. And it's, uh, I guess, something that uh, I got a little bit away from, uh, which is then why I had to reconsider, okay, well, hang on, where are my values? And, you know, what am I doing within my leadership journey now to really help support people? Because, uh, I had a lot more influence to be able to to lead and support and grow and um, develop others uh, at levels below mine. So, yeah. um, and I really miss that, you know, that connection with people because it wasn't the same connection. Yeah. Anytime people coming through is when they were complaining about something going on. So I didn't get to see them wonderful on ground outcomes. I didn't get to see or hear, you know, direct feedback with, you know, this person was amazing today and uh, I'll, it was difficult to showcase if it wasn't coming through written reports. So mm. um, I guess that, that time management was a, one of the biggest things that uh, then helped when, well, hang on, uh, what am I doing? And uh, in the instance of redefining uh, what was important to me and how I could lead from uh, a level, I guess, that was more rewarding and more valued by me um, mm. was probably, you know, directed a lot by that. Uh, time management and that structure that's um that's so fascinating that um you know they're even being able to sustain that and you know is this something that I can continue to do 
Uh, I love the that how you're managing your time and is that how I want to manage my time and does that align with what's important to me and my values then allows you to make the decisions. And it sounded like, sounds like, you know, you were in a role where with an open door policy, people could come in and that you were still being effective in what you were doing, but you were, you were capturing information more organically than it was intentionally and that it still kind of served its purpose in a way. No, it did. Um, you know, if I, if I didn't allow somebody to come in and sit on a couch and just have a chat um, and you know what, even if they grabbed a coffee and just came in and, you know, had a yarn, it didn't matter. Um, I, I wouldn't have really got a, a great snapshot um, of really what was happening because uh, realistically I was only hearing, um, you know, individuals' perspectives on their teams and that sort of stuff, you know, coming through and look, everything um, depends on, you know, how it's shaped by the person writing, you know, mm. the paper or the book or the email or whatever it is. So at the end of the day, I didn't really think it was a true capture of, um, you know, what was actually happening. Uh, and you know what, if your passion's people and people development, you know, allow that opportunity, make, make that a priority. Um, mm. You can get caught up in all these wonderful roles and you're talking about workload before as a CEO and all these other things that you've got to go, 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 go. You know what, if that's what you want to achieve, that's wonderful. But if your passion's people and development, we'll make sure you actually allocate time to it, prioritise time to it. And that's what I did. And that's how it, I guess, helped supported me with at least understanding what was, what was happening. And is that where you need to really understand how your values align with the values of an organisation? And I don't mean the values that are written on paper. I mean the values that are actually being played out. That's really important, isn't it? Uh, look, it is. And I know quite a few of the listeners are going to go, uh, look, my values don't align to the business, but my role says that I have to do that. Uh, and look, to to a point you do, but you also choose to be in that space. So, um, you know, I, I loved the values of what was happening, what was going on. But unfortunately, um, you know what? Uh, my personal values started going, well, hang on. You, you need to do more of this. And um, that's mm -hmm. where, you know, I made that choice. Had a look at a different way of... Um, yeah, I, I guess a different role, I should say. And and that meant losing, you know, this wonderful pay packet, but, you know, but I, I got happiness, you know, I got self-value, mm. you know, I got this wonderful thing there that I, I didn't have previously. Do you, do you think that that's the, the misalignment or the people actually questioning what's important in their own lives and their own values is what's driving a lot of the movement in the leadership space at the moment? Yeah, well, I guess um, we're, from a society's perspective, it's, you know, the views and the way of operating has changed quite considerably, um, particularly you know, within the, the last, and I'm going to say COVID period, because previously, you know, we knew our structures, we knew what we had to do, we knew what role we played, for what purpose. Um, but now we're sort of having a look at a lot different ways of sort of thinking, uh, actually accepting a lot of different ways of thinking and operating. Um, look, we're, we're becoming more diverse, more dynamic. 
um, you know, there is a hell of a lot more of adaptability there. It's, you know, people might not just be, um, you know, brought in for one role. They might be brought in for multiple roles and and stop and change them, you know, throughout the time. So I think society has got this really big push for, you know, we need adaptive leaders because we, we don't just need these sole roles anymore. We need these people that can do, you know, particular things. We need these experts in communication. Like we need these experts in uh, role clarity or, you know, going out actually negotiating. Like we need all these wonderful things. You know what? Why can't we give people opportunities to do all those? And I think that's where, because of society, the way it's moving, uh, mm-hmm. the more dynamic we become, I think that's where, you know, these shifts are sort of really being pushed from. Mm. But, but I don't know. It's uh, look. I also live uh, quite remote, so uh, you know I don't get to see the city life anymore. I, I don't get to see that the chaos in you know big business. I, I don't get to see all these um, you know new and improved ways of operating. And like we even sort of seen that early when I tried to get onto Zoom and ended up in Microsoft Teams. So you know it's. I don't get to see all that anymore, and I, I think uh, I'm happy with that. So, um, you know, <laughs> so I get anyone, to put a little bit of the chaos aside. Anyone who's interested in uh, slowing down and living a, a quieter, more remote life, I think you're definitely going to be appealing to. Uh, <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, look, I wouldn't say quieter necessarily, but um, the remote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I, I work in a beautiful space, and uh, I guess that was. The choice I made and I think it's very important to also acknowledge that I was well supported in that by my beautiful partner and um you know without her support I guess and um we wouldn't be here we'd mm. still be chasing uh you know the the dollars to make sure we're putting as much aside as we can we'll still be uh within the chaos in the area that we weren't sort of happy in mm. um you know we I guess without that this beautiful lifestyle and the beautiful area we get you know wouldn't be here mm. but it's uh not all roses because you know there's still fires that happen mm. um you know there's still we've just gone through a bucket load of flooding uh and you know like we're, we're having a look at all these different things within our area you know that i guess the keep us definitely on our toes and it also challenges to to think differently too because mm. you know when you work with vulnerable people as well well, I've got to change the way I operate and the way I engage mm-hmm. as well. So it's it's great to sit back and be challenged every now and then with, you know, adverse effects, but still happy I'm not in the city. <laughs> I think it's a really good, um, really good reminder that there are always going to be things that are outside of our control and that we've just got to remain, like you said, really adaptive and be able to um, uh shift how we see things and how we respond thing to things and um, you can apply that at multiple different levels and whether you're you know urban or remote or somewhere in between um, I think having those basic leadership skills or being able to to hone and develop those leadership skills is going to be relevant whether you are you know working in the city running the rat race or whether you're you know doing something that's more aligned to your values and um, in a different those skills that you learn are always going to be helpful aren't they yeah absolutely they're always going to be transferable um and i think you know environment's just one element of of who we are as leaders so um i guess if you have a look at that adaptive nature it's you know being able to actually 
um, be open-minded and work in different spaces is, you know, is going to be solid leadership anyway. And uh, adaptive leadership is always about sort of uh, having a look at different views anyway. So, you know, working in different spaces, work with challenges, work with successes, um, you know, work through them sort of a bit of anxiety and, you know, that sort of stuff. It's it's about sort of adapting and going, hang on, look, what do I need to do here? Um, which I think is very important from a people sort of perspective is, you know, to sit back and reflect on, all right, what can I do? What what can I actually go out and sort of achieve if, you know, we're engaging this way or, um, you know, and I think that's a wonderful trait in people. Mm. And looking at possibility instead of, you know, the impossible, which I think sometimes is easy to get yourself caught up in. Oh, we all like to and off more than we, you know, can actually sort of capably do, but, uh, yeah, I've noticed that uh, when I've started to try and weld up my slasher. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't the cleanest thing, but I was like, no, I got this. And yeah, it was probably a little bit bigger than I thought. But anyway, <laughs> I've finished it, but it's not as pretty as probably what somebody that's uh, gifted would do. Know your limits. Uh... <laughs> uh, I think it's important. And I guess that's yeah. where you can then, you know, bring in people with that expertise. and Yeah. Uh, know where you're not you're not great at and absolutely yeah for sure absolutely so I've, I've got one last question um Kevin that is you know who who has been your greatest role model through your life that you know has helped to kind of um inform whether that be um obviously or, or without them really even noticing but has sort of supported you through changes uh, yeah, so it's a pretty pretty easy question for me, and that's my um, my beautiful grandmother. It's um, you know, without her, I wouldn't have had opportunity. Uh, I still would have been the kid running around without shoes. Um, you know, I wouldn't have been able to go to sporting, uh, even teams growing up because my you know I was told that I had to find my own way, and uh, you know, she used to drive down from Canberra to take me to football training and. You know, like it, it's the, the amount of effort that she invested in me and um, I guess, you know, where she's at even now, sort of at 74 years old, still working, you know, for Project Manager Australia and like just doing incredible things. And without her and her support, um, I think in her guidance too, because she was pretty, pretty straightforward and let me know when I've stuffed up. And look, that's a, a wonderful thing too. And um, whenever she told me, I... I always listen. So, you know, without her there, I, I wouldn't be half the person I am, you know. Mm, and still seeing what she's achieving now at 74, she still jumps on a bike and outrides me and, like, it, it's just insane. It's, um, you know, a role model as well as a, a beautiful human being and I'm very blessed to call her my grandmother too, so. Oh, she sounds like an amazing woman. Oh, just insane what she still does it still baffles me and my partner too she has a giggle sometimes <laughs> do you think um, I think role models are essential in particularly for leaders I think it's so and it doesn't even need to be one like it could be a combination of multiple but having the just having someone there that can support you and guide you and or has just been there before just makes it makes the journey a little less isolating, a little more um, possible 
uh, yeah. No, I agree. It, it helps, you know, when you're, you're starting to burn out, you know, to talk. It, it helps when you're, you're having a look for a bit of guidance, um, you know, to actually be able to, and look, a wonderful person to have around, you know, that's a mentor or, you know, a guide that helps actually make your job easy is going to be a wonderful person. And, and I think, um, look, everyone has a bit of a role model in them. Um, you know, whether willing, we're willing to actually look for the value uh, at times, you know, it's, it's on us as people. But um, whenever you look for a little bit of value in a person, you know, um, even if you don't like them or you don't share views or whatever it is, uh, you know, that's a wonderful thing too. So everyone can be a role model to a degree. Um, but having people that, you know, you can share and uh, openly you know, discuss whatever it is that's required. It's it's a beautiful thing and, um, you know, it's not work then either. It's, you know, about those wonderful relationships and uh, I always link back to, you know, it's always going to be like family, you know, yeah. somebody you can connect with, you can rely on, you know, that knows that they have your back because it's a crazy society that we live in and um, having that really strong network with that, wonderful support is is vital mm, absolutely that's great thank you um thanks so much for sharing that and your insights and I think anyone that's you know thinking about making a transition even just the calmness and and how um present you are in this conversation and the clarity that you have around people before process uh you know I think might um, encourage some people to make some decisions that perhaps they've been holding off on if that decision was going to be made. Uh, but I think, you know, above all else, um, I, I think it's really important for um, leaders to understand what is important in their lives and know that there's um, there's joy and, um, and growth and opportunity that exists uh, in a lot of different places, in a lot of different roles. It doesn't all have to happen, you know, in the um, corporate organisations or in the city or, or anything like that. So I think, you know, it's been really great listening to your to share that um so thanks so much kevin no thanks for having me shell it's been an absolute pleasure excellent um and i'm going to uh share kev's uh linkedin um uh link if anyone wants to connect with him and learn more about the the transition um but otherwise i look forward to having another dynamic leader conversation with you all soon thanks for listening thanks again for listening to another episode of the dynamic leader There is no better time than now to work through your leadership and people strategy, to establish what the future might look like for your business and how you might empower your people to help you succeed. It is through building the capability of your people and reducing their dependency on you that will keep you moving forward at pace and will see you remaining relevant in the future. I have worked with over 100 businesses across almost as many industries and seen firsthand the challenges that come with employing, engaging and managing staff. If you're looking to improve how you lead, why not reach out for a conversation? In the meantime, thanks so much for joining me and stay awesome.